0: Welcome to Boys of Summer Masterclass Edition. We call it Masterclass because we need something to talk about besides the current news, and doggone it, baseball's not started yet in 2020. So this is Paul Arnold, your host, joined by Gene Gums and Eric Braun. And Gene, the temperature in Connecticut, you said, was what today?
1: 62. 62. Yeah, up here in the Northeast, it was a beautiful, and it's supposed to be 65 tomorrow, so it's, you know, it's, it's baseball weather, but uh, here we are. We'll, listen, we'll take what we can get right now. That's right,
0: that's right. Eric Vron, there was a big deal around here because people were out on the hiking trails that normally don't go out, and they were coming across snakes, sunning themselves. Oh. You have that down there, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I was out for a run a couple weeks ago and came across about a three or four foot long uh, I think it was just a black king snake, um, but yeah, yeah. There's we have lots of snakes. A lot, I I see plenty of copperheads on the trails around here in the summer. That's when, when you a did
0: your personal best record when you saw those snakes, right?
2: <laughs> uh, my, my highest heart rate, probably. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah.
0: I know these days wearing these uh, watches, I can check how many steps I've taken and how high my heart rate is, and uh, gee, sometimes that's a little discouraging. But anyway, we're going to talk about. <laughs> Today's podcast is a masterclass, meaning not that we're masters of everything, but we do like baseball. And we did a class, masterclass last week on the best baseball lineup of the 1990s, and this time we're going up to the next decade of the aughts. I always thought that sounded strange. You know, inst- when you have the 2000s, they some people said the aughts. And so before we get started, just so if this is your first time listening to us, I'm going to do a quick round with Eric and Gene so you can tell what kind of baseball fans they are and I call this segment This or That Baseball So Gene, you ready? I'm ready Quick answers is what I'm looking for Would you rather play infield or outfield? Infield, all day Bat left or right? Right Rally caps or not?
1: Absolutely not
0: Baseball stirrups pulled up low, mid, or high?
1: Very high (laughs) Peanuts, I'm old peanuts or popcorn peanuts
0: bubble gum or sunflower seeds
1: sunflower seeds
0: box seats tickets location first base or third base first base spring training florida or arizona florida okay eric same thing for you play infield okay. or outfield infield left or right batting left of course rally caps or not yes
2: i'm pro rally cap
0: Baseball stirrups, pulled up low, mid, or high? Uh, I'll say mid. Mm. Peanuts or popcorn? I don't have pop feelings
2: about, about that.
0: Uh, peanuts. Bubblegum gum fruit or fruit. sunflower seeds? Sunflower seeds. Box seats, tickets, location, first base or third base? Third base. Mm. Spring training, Florida or Arizona? Uh, Arizona, of course, home of the Royals. There you go. <laughs> So, Gene, you are really against rally caps. Is that uh, – you just don't like the hokiness I of just, it?
1: Yeah, I just think it's – I mean, listen, I know baseball is all about superstitions, but come on, that's, you know, start turning uniforms inside out, I get a little worried. Because <laughs> <laughs> if first the hats, what's next?
0: What bothers so me it, more is when they use the jumbotrons to try to get you fired up or yell louder, and they have all these oh, yeah. fancy uh, things on there. Um, and then – we had a little disagreement here with stirrups pulled up low, mid, or high. Um, that, so, Gene, you put that's,
1: it, that's well. That's the eight-year difference, I think, between ages, right? Eric, <laughs> you born, You were born in '68, right? Correct. Yes. All right, I was born in I was born in 1960, so I'm old. And back then, <laughs> back then, everybody was wearing the high stirrups. So, I mean, that's just a, that's, that's just a difference in age right there. Mm-hmm.
2: I, will, I will say I don't have strong feelings about, about stirrups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. one, back, to the, back to the rally caps, I was actually, so um, because of where we are right now, the other night the Royals put uh, the 2014 wildcard game on a Facebook watch, and a friend of mine was sitting on the third baseline Uh, and I could see him throughout the game. And at one point, he was showing his son how to put on a rally cap (laughs) late in the game, so it was pretty terrific. Nice, nice. All right, just so people
0: know where I stand, I would rather play infield. I bat right. Yes to rally caps. Uh, I am a mid-stirrup guy. Um, Peanuts, definitely, the kind you have to break open and wear at the game and throw the shells under the seat. Um, Not boiled peanuts. Oh, well, that's a whole nother story. All right, Bubblegum, yes, definitely. And give me the dry bubble gum or the double bubble. Um, tickets, location, I like third base myself. And then Florida over Arizona because in Florida, more theme parks. So there you go. Uh, I, I, do, I,
2: I do wish the Royals would move back to Florida.
1: Yeah, and, and Florida to me is just a tradition because when I first started going to games, everybody was in Florida. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, Arizona was a rarity. There were only a handful of teams that were in Arizona. So, you know, I mean, heck, the Dodgers were in Florida. I mean, you got to, you know, you could go to Florida, drive around a couple of hours and see a half, you know, maybe a dozen teams. It was great. For me, the best
0: feeling about going to spring training was sitting in the sun, watching the game. But the second might surprise you guys. When the sun goes down and you're driving at night with the windows down, you smell all the orange groves or all the flowers. It just, oh, it just smells yeah. so great. And after coming down from Michigan, the great frozen <laughs> northern state that we live in, it was yeah. just, like, awesome. Okay, so we're going to get to the best players of the decade. And I have one more segment before we do that. Um, you guys, do you like baseball pranks? Yes.
2: Yes yeah
0: all right so do you think a hot foot is funny uh no 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 yeah all right do you think changing a player's walk-up music when he goes up to hit is funny
1: I'm generally anti walk-up music.
2: Yeah, me so, too. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, we didn't. Uh, when I grew up playing baseball, we didn't have walk-up music. You know, unless, <laughs> unless you were, hum- unless you were humming to yourself on the way to the batter's yes, box. Yes,
0: I agree. That was about all you had. Walk-up music's way overrated. So this practical joke, I think, is still some of the best. When players put icy hot in a jock strap and so a guy puts <laughs> that on, and he he feels a little extra motivation to run around. And big classic. Poppy, when he played for. The twins, you would think he was such a big guy, nobody would mess with him. But Corey Kosky put peanut butter in David Ortiz's underwear, and somehow David Ortiz didn't <laughs> notice it until he oh, no. put it on and peanut put on butter? his pants. Yes, S- are butter. you kidding
1: me? Oh my god, it does not I say never, in this article if it was chunky one. or
0: creamy, but that's a whole nother story.
1: Oh, please. <laughs> here's a whole bunch of lines Yeah, we're just going to let's move on. before I, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
0: Just keep things light these days. All yeah. right. Um, so we're going to do around the horn, like we did before each one of us take a turn telling our choice for the best position player. And then the other two of us can chime in. So Gene, you get the honor. Who is your best pitcher for the two thousands?
1: Oh, Oh, you started with a tough one. Uh, you know i i was torn here i wanted to say pedro simply because i love pedro and if you look at his numbers they're pretty impressive Homer, but i had Homer, but Homer. i not uh, but i didn't go with him oh i went with randy johnson yeah uh you know look randy johnson won more games between 2000 and 2009 uh, than anybody, well, ex- other than Andy Pettit, but uh, he won 143 games in those nine years. He had a low ERA. He struck out a ridiculous number of guys during that time. He struck out almost 2,200 guys between 2000 and 2009. There was nobody close to that. There was nobody else that even got as high as 1,700. That's how good he was. Mm-hmm. So I had, to, I had to go with him. So I went with him, then Pedro, and then the, my third guy, uh, throwing Erica Bowen would have been uh, Roy Oswald from the uh, Houston Ooh. Astros. Nice oh, choices.
0: Yeah. Well, Eric, do you c- confirm or are you going to go off the board?
2: Yeah, no, I, w- I went with Randy Johnson. I mean, a 24 win season, you know, in the middle there is just, I mean, that's insane. I mean, yeah. you, you just don't see that kind of season from MLB pitchers anymore. And he is, uh, uh, and yeah, I mean, the guy was just, you know, he was strong in the 90s, but the 2000s, he just put together some amazing numbers. Right. Four
0: times Cy Young. Um, And I'll say, I looked up some trivia about Randy Johnson because I picked him as well. Do you guys know who originally, the team that originally drafted him in 1982? Was it the Yankees? Nope. Padres? Nope. You both struck out. Atlanta Braves drafted him in the fourth round in 1982. But Johnson accepted a scholarship to USC, Southern California, and his teammates were Mark McGuire and Jack Del Rio, the famous NFL linebacker slash coach. Del Rio was the catcher on the team. And what's really strange is 1984, there was an Olympic team, and the USC coach was the coach for the Olympic team, and he cut Randy Johnson off the Olympic team. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) coach. Really? Really. It's unbelievable. And then uh, here's going along with the whole idea of practical jokes. Um, When Randy Johnson was in minor leagues, um, with Rex Hudler, I'm sure Eric recognized uh, that The yes. crime dog, the crime dog. They went shopping together because they're roomies. And Randy Johnson would place his groceries on one side of the refrigerator and told Hudler, stay off my stuff. You know, as he probably <laughs> snarled or whatever. And then Hudler said, "It just got to him so he'd play with him. And he would say, hey, I drank your orange juice. So Randy Johnson put a t- piece of tape on the line on the – orange juice so he could tell if Hudler was drinking (laughs) his orange
2: juice.
1: Wow. uh, Randy Johnson was huge. Why would you mess with don't poke the don't poke the bear. No. Well
2: Hud is uh, Hud's a different
1: kind of guy. Yeah, Yeah. well no that's true. That is true. Yeah. That's true. If, you know, but by the way, be why, you know while you were calling me a homer with Pedro, do you know by the way? <laughs> uh, now, now hang on. Yeah. Of all the st- of all the starting pitchers in the two thousands, yeah. Pedro Martinez had the lowest ERA. I know. Uh, I have it right here. Yeah. He had a 3. Yeah, he had three oh one. Yeah. Yeah. He had a three oh one. The next lowest, believe it or not, was Johan Santana from the Minnesota Twins. And the Mets at three one two, so you know it wasn't quite. I wasn't really being a homer. Matter of fact, Oswald had a lower ERA than Randy (laughs) Johnson did too. But but Johnson was just so dominant. It's it's almost impossible not to
0: pick him. Yeah, Santana gave up baseball for music, right? Guitarist.
1: No, (laughs) No (laughs) not wrong guy. Sorry. Uh, Roy Halladay had a heck of a year. Yeah, yeah, he he did. He he did. I mean, that's you know, but that was that's why I said I think of all the positions I had to pick, I think starting pitcher might have been the hardest. Yep. If that was the hardest, this may be the easiest for Eric. Eric, who's
0: your catcher <laughs> for the two thousands?
2: Oh, I I went with Pudge. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that was yeah, that was. I mean, the guy was, um, you know, offense defense. He was the whole package.
0: No doubt, and I did as well. I get a little honorable mention going to Joe Mauer with the Twins. The oh. Tigers would play I like Mauer. And he's such a class act all the way through, and he would kill us. And he'd be beating you, and he still couldn't dislike I mean, he, he still liked him, even when he beat you. Yeah. Gene, what do you think?
1: Uh, guys, I don't understand your choice. I really don't. Oh, don't say
0: No, you no, didn't go Yankee no.
1: with me, did you? I did. Oh, I no. absolutely did. And he's my I, number
2: two. Hey, hey, he's listen.
1: Look at Jorge Posada. His uh, He had an 878 OPS during the decade, which was 60 points higher than Pudge. He hit... More home runs than Pudge. He had more RBIs than Pudge by a ton. Uh I you know, to me, it was a no brainer. I Posada was number one for me and it wasn't close. Um I I had Pudge second and then I had a homer pick. Jason Veritek was my third pick. Oh I love Veritek.
2: Well, I got T shirt with did. Veritek's name on it still. Um, yeah, this was
1: definitely my homer pick as I lived in Detroit during. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, love days. Days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I just looked at, I, you know, look, defensively, Pudge was a much better catcher. No question. Mm-hmm. But Posada was no slouch defensively. And as much as I can't stand the Yankees, I just the way that guy hit the ball was was impressive.
2: What yeah. was his this? I, batting had, in I had him in and then
1: I uh, hang on. I'll give it to you. Posada batted. Jeez, uh, where is it? Uh, he had 283. Yeah. So so, you know, so Pudge had a higher batting average. He did hit Pudge at 298. Yeah. But I just put Posada on all the other production numbers as mm-hmm. far as, you know, runs batted in and, and, and hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Posada was a better player.
0: I have to so. give Posada credit for the way he handled the pitchers of the Yankees during the 2000s. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: And I always felt, and you know what? And again, there were, as much as I hated the Yankees, there were always two people On the New York Yankees, I always said, wish we're on the Red Sox. Jorge Posada was one of them, and Derek Jeter was the other one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, so we're coming around to first base, and I'll go first with this one. To me, I think this is a no-brainer. If you guys look at the same websites with all the stats, you will probably say the same thing. Albert Pujols was amazing. The nine-time All-Star was the only player in history to, to hit 30 home runs and 100 RBIs each year for the first 10 years of his career. I mean, we make a lot that he signed this huge contract with the Angels, 10 years, $240 million. But up until that point, he had hit so well. Some people said that last year before the contract, you could see some decline. Um, but if they play baseball this year, he'll make $29 million this year <laughs> and $30 million in t- 2021 before this contract ends. Yeah. Was this Scott Boris who got him this contract? Somebody... Just be right. really oh. did a great job for him. I mean, we talk about who's the Mets guy who gets paid every year. Um, oh, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Bob Bonilla. That was yeah. one of the greatest contracts ever. I think Bull Bullholtz's <laughs> contract was one of the greatest <laughs> contracts ever. Yeah. If you're a baseball yeah, it's player, it's never true to Bonilla. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. And and, and you know what? And it, I mean, in a decade, he won the MVP three times. Yeah. He he was second three times, and he was third once. And then the other <laughs> time, said he wasn't first, second, or third. He was fourth. I mean, so it, it was just ridiculous. I mean, and guys don't hit, have an OPS over a thousand for a season. You just don't do that. He did it uh, eight times out of the ten years. Right. Eight times out of ten years he had an OPS over a thousand. That's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, and it was that way, and for the for the
1: entire decade, his average. Yeah. 1,000. Oh, it's just crazy. Just crazy.
0: Yeah, it, he played so well, and he's been a class act even when he's had some struggles. With the Angels, he still, you know, kept his cool and kept on swinging. And he's just an average player now, uh, but he just showed such brilliance early on. It was amazing. And there's some other players that weren't slouches at first. Todd, Todd Helton was pretty amazing. Jason Giambi was a good player, too, as well.
1: Well, so was uh, Carlos Delgado. Don't forget about him. He was a yeah, really Delgado. good first. And, you know, Jim Tomey, too. But Tomey was more of a D.H. The, right. the second half of the, uh, the decade, but Jim Tomey's in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, he was no slouch either, and he was playing at the same time. So the uh, first base, the number, of the guys playing first base was a pretty impressive list. Yes, they were. And well, don't forget, don't forget, the homer pick, David Ortiz. <laughs> Big poppy. <laughs> Big poppy. Well, more, I'm of gonna, a DH, more of a DH. Well, but, we're going to talk about
0: still. DH before we're right. done, so that could be a good discussion there. Gene, I have you
1: up for picking second base. Yeah, this was a tough one cuz you know what I didn't find I didn't find there were a lot of great first basemen. Now, you know, Craig Bichio's in the Hall of Fame, but he's not my pick. Uh I went with Jeff Jeff Kent. Um a guy I think who should be in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Kent had a heck of a decade, had 327 home runs and an OPS of 889 for the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I mean, now it's uh it's pretty good. You know, he he uh uh, he hit for a decent average. He was an average, probably fielding second baseman. But I think he gets a bad rap on that. But this is a guy that could hit the heck out of the ball. So I went with Jeff Kent. And my, my runner-up was, wasn't Biggio either. My runner-up, and I went based base just on offensive numbers, was Alfonso Soriano. Oh. because so- yes. Soriano has some outstanding numbers as well. Now, Soriano was a butcher in the field. I mean, he was, I mean, he played like he had blindfolds on, but, but when he got to the plate, he could hit the heck out of the ball.
2: Yeah. I forgot about him altogether. Eric, who did you pick? Yeah. I went with Kent, too. And I think probably the only reason he isn't in the Hall of Fame is because, um, as good of a player he was, he was also probably one of the most hated uh, people. He was, a, most. he was a jerk. Just the biggest jerk. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he'll probably end up getting in. I mean, he should. I mean, his—I don't know what you want out of a player. Um, and also, and he kind of went out on top too. I mean, what he—2008 was his last year. Mm-hmm. He hit 280. I mean, yep, so yep. Um, just a yeah, uh, a good player. Maybe not the greatest human, but you know, there's been worse in
1: baseball. He, by the way, he he speaks very highly of us. <laughs> Does he? Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it.
2: He listens every every podcast. I'm sure. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, he ended up his career with the Giants, and um, there's a few stories, because I picked him, too, because of, hey, the guy won an MVP. He was an all-star, led the batting average for his position. But um, when he went to the Giants, you know there was another guy over there with the initials BB, you know, some guy named Bonds? Yeah. And yeah. one of the stories is that uh, J.T. Snow, who was the first baseman there, tells the story that they were at spring training in the Cactus League, and they all had to board these vans that would take them out to these spare fields at the Meyer league complex. And Kent had just arrived by trade from Cleveland. And he went into the van and he sat in the front r- row in the front seat. And that was Bond's seat. And so Bond's came on, saw Kent, and said, dude, get in the back. That's my seat. And Kent said, I'm not moving. I was here first. You came after me. You sit in the back. Well, they just sort of stared at each other for a while, and then finally Bond shrugged his shoulders and went to the back of the seat, back of the vehicle. And everybody took notice, like, Kent was not going to take any crap from anybody, but he was such a loner, he would not talk to people. He would turn with his back, turn to his teammates and read magazines. And, of course, you remember in 2002, he hurt his wrist washing his truck, right? No. (laughs) You know what, you remember how he actually hurt his wrist? No. No. No, he was popping wheelies on his motorcycle on a stretch of highway.
2: Oh, man.
0: Yeah, so. I think cl- he actually finished his. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done with that story. I, was, I
2: think he actually, he actually finished his career with the Dodgers. Oh, so the Dodgers. You're right. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah, less.
1: yeah, you're right. As a sure. matter of fact, his last four years were with the Dodgers.
2: Yep. I take that back.
1: Way to correct me, Eric. Right. He did. He, well, he did hit 280, though. You know, he did hit yep. two you were, you were right about that, and he hit 300 the year before that. So it's not like his yeah, skills. Yeah, he it, it, on top. Yeah, his skills did not decline with age. So.
0: So do you guys consider Chase Utley
1: as a better human being and uh, not as better hitter? No, yeah. no, not really. Chase Utley. <laughs> I would know. I don't know that I qualify him as a great human being either. Ooh. Um, <laughs> But, well, he had, his share. he had his share of issues in Philadelphia and had yeah. his share of issues, uh, I, I believe it was, didn't he go to the Dodgers? And he had a couple of dust-ups over there as well. So he had some issues in his career as well. But, you know, to be honest with you, I had actually forgotten about Chase Utley.
2: I had so, him as my second,
1: um, but he he'd only played like four or five years in that decade. Yeah, in so. a decade, yeah. You know, the other guy that, that a lot of people uh, uh, forget about it was a pretty good second baseman was Brian Roberts, too. Oh, yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty pretty good.
0: There's a lot of players in baseball that when they're playing, you just, oh, yeah, I know who that is. And then years later, you go, oh, man, I forgot you played. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Eric, you get to
2: go first with our third baseman. Yeah, so for third, I uh, regrettably um, (laughs) went ahead and went with the stats and and picked A-Rod. I mean, yeah, he was uh, unquestionably the best third baseman of the decade, just based on stats, um, how, how honestly he got it. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I had to go with a run.
0: Yeah. Three time MVP. I mean, that's sort of hard,
2: right? To, to yeah. Against.
1: Yeah. It was hard to, yeah.
0: He averaged actually, 40 home runs in that
1: decade. I mean, you every know, year. I actually, I had to check this, though, because he also played short part of the decade. And it turns out he played shortstop for four years and third base for six years. So that's I said, right. you know, that's why I gave him the nod at, uh, at third as well. But, yeah, that was a tough one because I, I in the I was first thinking that he might have been more of a shortstop in the decade than he was a third baseman. But that's not the case.
0: Well, last podcast, we all confessed our admiration and almost love for Chipper Jones. And Chipper was pretty mm-hmm. good during those years as well. He, he averaged yep. during the 2000s, 309 uh, 28 home runs, 89 RBIs, but you know, let's do a little um, gossip here or uh, the drama. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about Derek Jeter's uh, starting lineup of dating. Uh, a Rod <laughs> wasn't too bad either. During, no, after he, he right. divorced in 2008, he dated Madonna, Bethany Frankel from Housewives of New York, Kate Hudson, Ye- actress, and Kate Hudson's been quoted as saying she broke up with. A Rob because he wouldn't stop calling Madonna. Okay, <laughs> Cameron Diaz, the actress, uh, broke oh, wow. up with him. Oh yeah, really? forgot Forgot about her. And then yeah. he dated three models before finally dating Jennifer Lopez, and they're engaged to be married now. So erad's done all right in different ways
2: i'll just put I'm that not, I, yeah he's done all right
1: i wasn't too impressed with the first two but after that he did all right. <laughs> not a, not a big Madonna fan but hey whatever whatever but uh, no you're right i mean you know what because he's such a bad looking guy i mean <laughs> yeah yeah just you know, right i remember my wife my wife i remember my wife going one time because my wife you know she she watches baseball but she doesn't really know these guys by sight One time he was on espn and she goes who's that <laughs> and went, really, honey? <laughs> and then, and then uh, J Lo came on. She said, "Oh, I know who that is now." <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> Mr. J Lo, Mr. Lopez, exactly. Mr. Yeah, Lopez.
0: <laughs>
1: I have and seen... we're not, I'm not talking George Lopez either. No, no. <laughs> no.
0: I'm a big watcher of the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and Rodriguez. A Rod's been on there multiple times, and he honestly looks happy. Like, he's real comfortable with his own skin now. I mean, he went through a long time trying to figure out how to relate to other people, I think. But he actually looked happy now, so I'm happy for him.
1: He has done an absolutely amazing job of rehabilitating his image. For somebody who was caught red-handed with steroids and who admitted to it, he has done a remarkable job to the point where uh, I actually kind of like the guy now, you know. And and it just... uh, the fact that he was willing to fess up to what he did say, right. Hey, Hey, I screwed up. I should have never done done this, you know, and, and having that ESPN platform certainly helps, but this is a guy, I mean, anybody who's ever been caught, you want a lesson in how to get the fans back on your side, watch what a rod's done.
0: Yeah, I agree. He he's done well in a lot of different ways.
1: He's a really good analyst on yeah. ESPN. Yeah, if they could just shut Math Bascursion up, it'd be great. <laughs> but it, but rod is really, really good. Yeah.
0: So that's a good question for you guys. If you could pick only one program or channel to watch people commentate about baseball, you've got MLB Network, ESPN, Fox. Um, which one would you go to, Eric? Um, gosh, that's a good question.
2: I flip around so much. Um, I'd probably go with the MLB network. Um, although it kind of gets my journalist hackles up to go with the official network, but, um, but, uh, but they have some really good smart people and they don't, there's not a lot of, um, blowhards on there as much, I think. And sometimes I mix them up a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it seems like,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. I think MLB network and to me, it's not close. Uh, you know, I, I, frankly, I don't watch ESPN unless I have to. I really um, haven't watched ESPN in a long yeah. time. I'm I mean, really. and you know, when you look at the MLB network and they have guys like Mike Lowell and Jim Tomey and, and Pedro Martinez and, you know, Harold Reynolds, they've got these guys, I mean, and these guys are very smart and they're very thoughtful and, uh, Billy Ripken's great. I love listening. <laughs> I mean, he is great. You know, so I just think that they top to bottom, they do the best job. The only guy on the MLB network that I well, I can't deal with, I can't stomach is Brian Kenny. Mm. Um, the uh, the talking head they have that Mr. Mr. Analytics. Yeah. You know, he's he's the guy that makes my head want to explode. But outside of that, the guys that they have from, you know, former major league baseball players as analysts on that network, top shelf.
0: I used to love watching Peter Gammons on ESPN talk
1: about baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, well, yeah, he's, do, he's do you know the story he's on the MLB why he network. left? Well, he's on the MLB network now. Yeah. Oh, is
0: he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, something went down at ESPN that he never talked about the way he left there, and it was a bummer. Yeah, I so. don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but he's on MLB network now, and they've got Bob Costas on all the time, too. Nice. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, okay. I agree.
0: All right, it's my turn to pick shortstop, and I've already alluded to him a little <laughs> bit. Um, Derek Jeter, another, another dunk. yeah, it's a pretty easy one. I mean, you look at his statistics, and we all think about certain key plays and his leadership and his hustle. And he grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. His dad was very, and his mom were very strict with Homer. him, setting goals. He he batted for the decade, three seventeen. Uh, he averaged 16 home runs. It's not too much, 73 RBIs. But he always batted high in the lineup, which I think helped a lot. Um, but also, I had have to mention, since I mentioned A-Rod's dating Diamond, um, Derek Jeter. I, th- I don't know if it was Dan Patrick who came up with this first or who. But they have uh, Minka Kelly playing catcher, Jordana Brewster playing first base, Adriana Lima <laughs> playing second base. Scarlett Johansson, Miss Black Widow, shortstop. Vanessa Manillo playing third base. Mariah Carey in left field. Jessica Alba in center. And Jessica Beale in right field. And designated hitter Tyra Banks. And so Derek wow. Jeter finally got married and settled down and is ruining the Florida Marlins.
1: Maybe. I don't know. He is. Yeah, that's not been a great uh, mark on his career. <laughs> well, and right now he has Tom Brady living at his house. Right. So, do
0: you think that's going to work in the Marlins? I mean, he's basically blew it up and rebuilding. Gene, do you think it's
1: going to work? Yeah, you know, you know what? I think it will. I, you know, as long as he doesn't bail, I think he has the right idea. He got it. You know, it was a mess. You know, they had too many high-priced players, and he he wants to build it from the ground up. I think it has the potential to work. But you, you know, if you're a Marlins fan, you got to be patient. I think within, I give him another two to three years, I think they can be competitive. You know, the problem is, is that they're in a, they're in a division with a lot of teams that spend a lot of money. So they're going to have to do it, and I think this is what he's modeling after. They're going to have to do it, the Tampa Bay Railway, mm. and I think that, and I think that's what he's trying to do, and that's what Tampa's done. They've built their farm system up, and then they try to find these guys that are, uh, you know, that they can get the most value out of the least amount of money. So I, I think he's got. Look, he's a smart dude. I, I think he'll make it work.
0: Hmm. I mean, he's one of the great shortstops. Although last podcast we talked about our my love, at least for Cal Ripken, and your guys' admiration for Cal Ripken. Um, if you had one game and one starting lineup, would you start Cal Ripken or Derek Cheater? Mm, tough hey question.
1: Yeah.
0: That's why they pay me the big bucks to ask you, the tough you questions. Know, I,
1: I, 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 you know what? I have to say Ripken. Yeah. And, and, you know, And it's not that I hate Cheater. I just, I I always thought that, ripkin was one of the best ever at that position i really was a big fan of his so and, i think i'd go with, i think i'd go with him and he was and ripkin was was pretty clutch and jeter's
2: yes. jeter's postseason numbers aren't fantastic yeah mm. true
0: well jeter had i think had a wider range than ripkin but ripkin always was mm-hmm. a, you know so analytical in his brain um and knowing how to anticipate to increase his range. So I would go with Ripken as well, not trying to slam Jeter.
1: Jeter would probably say Ripken as well, because he was a huge fan. Well, um, and you, and don't forget that, you know, Cal Ripken wasn't just a shortstop. He would play, he played third base as well. I mean, Jeter was a one position player his entire career. And, uh, you know, Ripken had a little bit more uh, flexibility as far as that goes. And, you know, you know, and you're right in the postseason. Although, you know what? In the postseason, I think he was a little bit better than you think he was, Eric. He mm, was a, okay. he, he was a 300 hitter in the postseason. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he hit three, he hit 308 in the postseason. All right. Well, wow. Well, how did you nice get that? Thing. Did you just type that into your Google search, or did you have that? BaseballReference.com. It's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it up in front of the computer as we were speaking. So while you were speaking, I looked it up. He hit 308. Wouldn't.
0: I wonder how right. many guys have got in
1: trouble being on the computer all night with bef-
0: baseballreference.com. I mean
1: very few. <laughs> it's, it's so
2: cool though.
0: Okay, Gene, we're to left field and you're up to tell us your pick. Oh
1: well, you know, <laughs> I, again, this yeah. was an a, a, a no, it was a semi no brainer. <laughs> uh we had we had two Two Roy candidates, as far as I was concerned. There were only two. And number one was Barry Bonds mm-hmm. and number two was Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Those were the those were the only two guys I seriously considered. I had to go with Bonds simply because of what he did. I mean, Bonds was absolutely ridiculous. Here's the one here's here's the one line on his stats that tells you that there's no reason you couldn't pick him. He walked eleven hundred and twenty-eight times in a decade. Mm. He, he only struck out 427 <laughs> times. That is unheard of. He was intentionally walked 390 times in the decade. Wow! But you know, when you when you walk almost three times more than you strike out, that is impressive. I don't, home runs aside, just the amount of times that you get on base, uh, it absolutely insane.
0: I agree. Yeah, and uh, he averaged 40 home runs a season. You, I wonder how much of that would have been if he didn't take Royds. I mean, I think the home run total totals would have gone down, but I still think he would have hit for average
2: like he did the previous decade. Eric, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, the guy, I mean, he could just hit, right? So why, I, I, it's so frustrating that he, Uh, Did that to himself. The guy was just one of the best natural hitters of, gosh, of my lifetime.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if you look at what Bonds did when he was in Pittsburgh, I mean, before the trade. To San Francisco this is a guy you know his last couple of years or a few years in Pittsburgh he had 301 292 311 and he, you know he was hitting 34 33 25 home runs driving in over 100 runs this is a guy that without right the steroids was going to probably be a hall of famer he was a skinny if you look at pictures of him when he was on the pirates he oh, was yes. the scrunt he was skinny And it wasn't until a few years into his time in San Francisco where all of a sudden he looked like the Michelin man, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but he was on his way to being a hall of fame player. That's the only reason I give this guy any kind of a pass because I remember watching him and I watched him live in the ballpark a couple of times when he was in Pittsburgh. And I just remember going wow i mean he's one of those players that just stood out you know you just you knew as soon as you saw the guy this guy was a special player mm-hmm. he didn't need the steroids he, he became otherworldly with the steroids but even with without them i think he was a hall of fame player yep
0: so follow yeah, no, my logic no here me. for a little bit with barry bonds you have a steroid guy who you just scratch your head and go why well, Manny Ramirez, maybe he did steroids, but he's the type of player you just want to laugh and have a good time with, right? I mean, the baggy uniform, you know, just taking his time. And Gene, did he really use the bathroom behind the big
1: wall all the time? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Is there a bathroom <laughs> the to use there? Yeah, or? Yeah, there, yeah, there is. That's a manual scoreboard. There's people that are back in that scoreboard all day. So, so there's, there's actually the a a urinal back oh, there. Yeah. He wasn't doing the wall yeah. thing. I, I've been back there. I've seen it. My name is, I, I signed the inside of the wall in, in Fenway, at Fenway Park. I mean, oh, yeah, no, there's a bathroom back there. It's, you know, and there's a couple of times that I was working games at Fenway Park, and he'd come flying out of that little door in the scoreboard because he had just gotten done using the bathroom, and he was still buckling in his pants when he was walking <laughs> back onto the field. Wow. Okay. Oh no.
2: Yeah. I will say when I was looking at those two guys as the two obvious choices for left field, I almost, I I really tried to shoehorn Miggy in there. <laughs>
1: Why? Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, no, that's you know I tell you what, that's not a bad one. Yeah, but his three years
2: looks like about three years he spent in left, and he yeah. those were not his. not no, his best. Is years. That's true. You're yeah. right. You're right, Sam. So, so I couldn't I couldn't quite make it work, but I want, I wanted to get Miggy in there, but it's <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to get Miggy in here before the end for a different reason. All right. So we're, we we got to talk about it somewhere. All right, we're gonna go to center field, and
2: Eric, you get to go first with center field. Uh, this was a tough one. Um, I really kind of, you know, it wasn't like a great decade for for center, like defensive center fielders. I would say so. That's what. So I really waffled between Beltron and Edmonds. Mm. Um, Edmonds, um, you know, I think he did. He was maybe. A, he made a lot of spectacular plays. I'll say that. Um, uh, so, you know, I think he was, you know, better in, in center than Edmonds, but I gave the nod to, uh, uh, to Beltron, And that's probably a little bit of, of, of homer just because he actually did play on the Royals during that decade. So that was nice. <laughs> um, throw, uh, throw at least one in there. Um, and, you know, I mean, the guy was, uh, you know, an all-star, a regular on the all-star, uh, lineup and just, uh, was one of the uh, to me one of the best players of the decade
0: i agree he averaged 282 25 home runs and 92 RBIs. he was both a gold Glover and a silver slugger and Jim Evans with the Cardinals made the top plays of the day all the time he just yeah. he just ran down laid out laid yeah. out did all these great things and he hit 280 29 home runs in 85 so his averages were close it's too bad that Carlos Beltran has got this sort of smear on his name since this Astro thing happened this last right, year. Right. Because yep. before that, they thought enough of him to go from no coaching experience to being the manager of the Mets. Uh, yep. What do you think, Gene?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I agree. You know, I, uh, I went with Beltran. Um, I had Edmund second. And actually, you know, the guy at third throwing you another bone, Eric, was Jermaine Dye. <laughs> Oh, Jermaine yeah, Dye did. He had some very nice years. Yes, he did. I mean, he had you know, he was an all star a couple of times. He, you know, he had one year. I think he had like close to three twenty one year. I think he had like 40 plus home runs one year for when he was playing for the Chicago White Sox. He started the uh, the decade with the Royals, but he finished it up with the White Sox. So I had him in there, too. But I'm a big J- Jim Edmonds fan. Um, but you look at Beltran's numbers. And to me, that's I had to go that way. And don't forget, Griffey Jr. was still playing then. Yep. Um, Andrew Jones was playing then and Andrew Jones had more home runs than any of those guys, except Andrew Jones only hit about two fifty. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, that was the, that was why I didn't include him, but yeah, that, that was, was the thing
1: really, yeah. By the way, did you know Jim Edmonds is actually struggling with the coronavirus right now? He's tested positive. I did not. Oh, yeah. Right. He, wow. Yeah. He's, he's, and he's, he's symptomatic. Mm. So uh, I just saw that the other day. So say a little prayer for Jim Edmonds. Sorry, Jim, we didn't pick you for this, but uh, you were, he was, he was a heck of a center fielder. He's sure yeah, watching him play. Yeah. yeah.
0: I agree. All right, let's move on to right field, and I get to go first on this one. And I did my research. I looked at websites, and as much as he made a big impact for Japan and Suzuki helping Seattle, I did not go with him. This is just a pure gut feel. Give me Vlad. Give me Vlad in the morning. Give me Vlad at the night. Give me Vlad every weekend. Guillermo every time he came up to bat for the Expos or the Angels or – whoever he played for, it was always like, man, this guy could hit it out. He was fast. He was big. I mean, he was no slouch during that decade. He hit an average of three twenty three. Come on. Uh, He had 315 home runs during that time. He averaged 104 RBIs. He was just a great player, but he he fell off pretty quickly after that. But, I mean, he was an amazing, exciting player, and I think – um, Ichiro is a nice story because he played so long, and he's a slap hitter, and that's sort of nice. But man, I think when you need to get home runs driven home, you got to go with Vlad. Gene, yeah,
1: I, I agree. he was ridiculous, and not only that, he had a hose in right field too. Uh, oh, although, yeah. so, although so did Suzuki. But but when you hit three twenty three and and you have over a thousand RPIs in the decade, uh, and by the way, another I talked about that stat with Bonds. Here's another guy. He walked 569 times in a decade. He only struck out 670. So this is a guy who was a free swinger. Think about that now. In 10 years, he struck out an average of 67 times a year. Hmm. I mean, we have guys that will strike out 67 times in a month now. Right. You know, he struck out 67 times in a year. And by the way, this is the only guy I ever saw who hit a baseball out of the ballpark on the bounce. The pitch bounced in front of the plate. It was a 58-footer, and he hit it out of the ballpark.
0: What? <laughs> Grief.
1: You've never good seen thing. you've no. never seen that there's a no. there's a high, there's a there's a clip of that. It's unbelievable. It's like something out of cricket. <laughs> it, on the bounce and crushed it. Crazy. Absolutely crushed it. So when you can do that, you're my hero. Mm. Wow, I you know, that And is, by the way, by the way, I threw my you know who my you know who my second choice was actually? Who? It wasn't Ichiro. My second choice was Maglio Ardonias. Oh, good old yeah. Mags. He yeah. hit three hey, he hit three sixteen for the for the decade. You know, again, he's one of those guys that you know, you were talking about it. When they play, you remember how good they were. As soon as they retire, you forget how good they yes. were. Yes, yeah. You know, this is a guy when you know, when he was playing, you worried about him when he was playing for the White Sox. That was one of those guys in the lineup you weren't looking forward to seeing come up. Yeah.
0: He had some good years for the Tigers I have to throw in there as well.
1: Yeah. Sure did, yep. yeah. Sure did, yeah.
0: Eric, did you have Vlad, or did you go Suzuki?
2: So, Vladimir Guerrero is. If we were going by like my favorite players of all time, uh-huh. it would have been a slam dunk for for Guerrero. Um, just I, so I saw him play his single A ball um, for the Albany Polecats um, <laughs> back in the early '90s, which Albany, you know, Georgia, Vladimir, by the way. Albany, Albany, Albany. Um, yeah, he would just. I mean, you can imagine him hitting single A pitching and it was just um it was incredible so he's one of my all-time favorites and just the way he played and just sort of his good nature and so yeah he's one of my favorites i did go with each hero i mean the guy batted 333 for the decade his and his ops was uh 811 so yeah it was not, pretty good not, yeah. yeah yeah um and 340 some uh, stolen bases in the decade so i mean and then just the, the pure defensive skills guerrero i don't my, my memory serves, it wasn't the greatest <laughs> fielder. If he caught it, you know, you were, you were good. But, um, but, uh, but Ichiro for me was, and he's one of the, uh, uh just one of the all-time greats. I mean, he's, you know, he was an all-star every single year, of the decade, um, uh, MVP in 2001,
1: rookie, rookie of the year, year MVP yeah. and rookie of the
2: year. Yeah. So not yeah, bad. And, so. Yeah. By the way, how
1: about that, that you're, you're an all-star, you're an MVP, you're the rookie of the year. You win a Gold Glove and you win a Silver Slugger. (laughs) That's not bad. You know, I mean, that's that's not too shabby. Yeah, did I see a report? So so
0: I I gave the nod yeah did I see a report that he tried out this spring. He was going to try to make a team this he was year? talking about it yeah yeah he was well i know
1: I know he was in camp with the uh with the Seahawks, but he was there just throwing like batting practice and stuff. I don't think he was actually trying out, but he was but he was he was in camp throwing batting practice and things like that, so yeah. you know what i would I, he could probably fall out of bed and still get get a hit mm. probably yeah mm hmm
0: all right, Gene, you're up with the relief pitcher. If we don't know already what you're going to say, I know it, it pains you to say this. I know. Right. Although yeah, you might go I, you off know. the bo- board and say Papelbaum,
1: no. but I don't think you no, are. No, no, no. There's nobody but Mar- Mariano Rivera. I mean, it's not. It, there's no. Uh, you know, and and look, I, I gave I tried to be fair about this. <laughs> I tried to I tried to give somebody else a chance. Yeah. And the only the only guy that I could come up with that was close, yeah, was B- Billy Wagner. Yes. You know, Billy Wagner, I mean, he had an ERA of, uh, of, of 240, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and he's, you know, this is a guy that saved an awful lot of games. He saved 284 saves in the decade. But Mariano Rivera was just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but, and not, but you know what? Uh, one of my, my best friends, his, uh, her, uh, her husband is a teacher in the New York City school systems. And had Mariano Rivera's kid in his classroom, and he was t- he used to tell me stories about when Mariano Rivera and his wife would come for like parent-teacher nights, and he was just telling me what a what a down-to-earth guy that he is. He doesn't big-time anybody; just humble, you know. And and uh, and this guy was a Yankee fan, and Mariano was just about as as humble as can be. And and so uh, he was uh, a winner on the field. He sounds like he's a winner off the field, and and so I had to I had to go with him.
0: So we're running out of time so I'm going to just go real quick around Eric, you agree with that for relief pitcher? Uh yeah. Ah uh, yeah, me too. Uh, All right, yeah. <laughs> let's go around the horn quickly designated hitter. Just tell me if you pick somebody. Uh, I know that Gene probably already picked David Ortiz, is that right?
1: You betcha. You betcha.
0: I mean Same. best
1: best clutch hitter I have ever seen.
0: I would say I can't think of anybody that's hit more hits in the last 20 years that I've known about, you know, that I remember like him. <laughs> Eric, did you pick anybody else for back for designated hitter?
2: No, no, no. Ortiz was the guy.
0: So I am just going to go off the board with two fun things at the end. For my utility player for the 2000s, I'm going to pick Miggy Cabrera because he played first base, third base, outfield. I mean, how could you not recognize this guy? He averaged in the 2000s 311. Um, he averaged, he had 209 home runs, but the player I really want to talk about at the end is Jim Tomey. And this is why, because baseball is about people really applying themselves and it's such a marathon and we knew him as country strong, six, 250. Um, and he led the whole league in strikeouts twice in the 2000s. which wasn't the greatest thing, but he was always a class act. In fact, people said nobody worked harder than him. Charlie Manuel said, I can't explain to you how much he hit the ball in practice before he would hit. And even when he was uh, elected to the Hall of Fame, he told his wife, I'm going to go outside to practice my Hall of Fame speech because I'm going to be outside for the speech. And every day, at least twice a day, he went out and practiced that speech. And when he was last in Minnesota, the Twins players would say he is the best teammate we ever had. And part of his speech, he said this I still can't believe this happened to me, our 13th round draft pick out of Central Illinois. To every kid who is dreaming of standing here one day, take it one moment at a time. Don't sail too high or sink too low. Learn to be good at handling failure. Be the first one to the ballpark, be the last one to leave. Work hard, don't complain, be a great teammate and above all treat people with respect. Man, that's what baseball is about to me. It's more it's about statistics, but it's about character and the how you play the game. And I know that Eric and Gene agree with me on that as well. We've talked about this before. So yep. this has been another one of our podcasts. I'm sort of wrapping it up here because we're up on time, but we enjoy having these times talking. Hope you do as well. If you want to listen to more of Gene, listen to him at SportsCountry.net. He's on on every Friday morning with his uh, show, and you can email me at GoBlueArnold@gmail.com. At That's GoBlueArnold@gmail.com. And so this is Paul Arnold. T- Talking for Gene Gums and Eric Braun, thanks for listening to Boys of Summer.